Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to reintroduce to you now. Dr. Donald Vega is a returning guest on our show. Be sure to check out his first appearance on our podcast on episode 337 of Boundless Body Radio, which was the first part of this two-part discussion. We recommend going back to check that episode out before listening to our episode today. Dr. Donald Vega is a registered dietitian, strength and conditioning specialist, and lifestyle mentor, and most importantly, a husband and father, based in Costa Rica with more than 24 years of experience in health education. He is the founder of Colosophy, specializing in low-carbohydrate, carnivore, and keto lifestyles, and has helped over 11,000 patients to improve their lives and lose over 2,200,000 pounds of extra fat through their interventions at his clinics. He has been a TEDx speaker and was also in charge of the nutrition counseling in the second season of the Reversed Reality show directed by our former podcast guest charles maddox who we hosted in episode 320 of boundless body radio dr vega is also passionate about public speaking coffee wine reading stand-up paddle surfing cycling and resistance training dr donald vega what an absolute honor it is to welcome you back to boundless body radio thank you casey i'm really glad to be here again so yeah let's go for it it is such a joy to talk to you i had such a great time last time and as we were doing the episode we were coming up to that hour and i realized we'd only covered four of the 10 biological keys of health that you talk about but i loved the episode i loved the detail of everything that we went in on and got got educated with by you and so i'm really excited to bring you back so we can cover the rest of the 10 biological keys of health yeah absolutely you know those are my passion and we could spend hours talking about them. So uh, I'll, I'll go and, and give us as many details I can give and, and cover a lot in this hour so people can have something to to chew in, in terms of their health. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know it's going to be great for them, um, really educational for us. Before we talk about that, I was just listening to our first episode, and one part that really stood out to me is we were talking about what it means to do some of these things and what it means to get outside and get sunlight and be barefoot and all of these things. We, we talked about kind of, you know, make make people give you strange looks or you look kind of strange when you do them. And and I made a comment in the thing, like, doesn't it, doesn't it feel great to be different doesn't it feel great to be the weird one to be the one that's stared at like do you do, do you get a kick out of that as well <laughs> yeah yeah uh there's a phrase let me see if i can get it right where everybody think the same nobody thinks a lot i think uh. is the phrase so um yeah it's great to to be doing things uh, and what I mean with different in a different way, I don't mean that you should be walking with your hands because I, I, everybody else are walking on their feet. No, it's just things that make sense because I think we talked about that last time. Uh, most people are sick. So if we do exactly the opposite of what they're doing, we might be heading in the right direction. So it's it's uh, it's a good idea to give it a shot and see the results. Yeah, I totally agree. A word I've been reflecting on quite a bit recently is an outlier. And, and I think of it again as a really positive thing. And I hope that people that look at this way of life and look at people like us as being a little strange or different, I hope it's also an example, you know, a beacon of light for somebody that, that they can change, they can be healthy and they can really enjoy life because all of those things that we talk about as far as healthy behaviors are what makes life so enjoyable. Would you agree? Absolutely. And there's one more thing before we, we keep going with the rest of the biological keys of health. And that's in, in referring back to thoughts, which is probably the most important part of an intervention or, or a transformation. The one thing pay, our patients keep coming back saying that is bothering them is that they get criticized by other people. Many times, that's enough to make them quit whatever they are doing. Because remember that we're social animals and we need to have approval from our peers. And if we start doing things in a different way, we're going to be criticized. But if we don't know that in advance, we might fall prey of that behavior of just quitting because everybody else is saying that whatever I'm doing is is not right because he's falling off or away of the norm. 
But yeah, uh, it's a good thing to be different and, and become an example. Uh, you should be the example of what you want the world to look like, said Gandhi. So yeah. It's great. Man, I love that. That's awesome. Okay, so the way we've mm-hmm. set up the 10 biological keys of health is vertically, which I think was so smart. Like, literally, when you said that, I instantly had all 10, like, memorized. Like, oh, that's really easy. So we started yeah. with sunlight, with the sun. We went to yes. sleep from the moon. Yeah. Uh, right. We talked about Electromag- uh, electromagnetic uh, fields. Oh, we talked right. about mindset, which you covered really well. And, and again, is for you the most important one, which I certainly agree with. So from there mm-hmm. we go down. Are we going now to the nose? Right. That's breathing. So the, the breathing pattern is really important because it works in, in two different directions. Your mind can change your breathing pattern and your breathing uh, mechanics, and also the way you are breathing and your breath or your breathing mechanics can change your mood and your and your mindset, and that's very powerful. So maybe I we each of us can go back to a moment where we were really scared, and I'm pretty sure that everybody. Remind remembering this might go into uh, a memory where they were breathing shallow and and you know it was like like it it was scary and you know what that breathing mechanic looks like right you're breathing maybe through the mouth and you are breathing with your chest and you're breathing uh, rapidly. So those two behaviors, being scared and breathing through the, the chest or, or, or being a chest breather, uh, are related. And what I mean with this is that if you become somebody who's accustomed to being a, a chest breather, then you are creating a mind state that is consistent with the kind of mindset you you are when you use that kind of breathing, and just to remind people, we have three different kind of kinds of uh, breathing mechanics. We have the abdominal breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, and that's when you breathe in, your belly expands, and when you breathe out, your belly goes in, which is counterintuitive because you are breathing and you are getting your air into your chest, which you might think the the one that should be expanding is your chest, not your belly. But what happens when you breathe in, you you breathe in because you are using that diaphragm, which is a muscle that is shaped in this way. And every time you breathe in, the diaphragm contracts and goes down and it creates a vacuum. It pushes your viscera down and out your belly. And at the same time, the air comes into your your chest and to your your lungs because of the vacuum that this pumping is creating when it goes down. So that's the reason why your belly goes out and should go out when you are diaphragm, uh, using your diaphragm as as a breathing pattern. And that's the right one. Well, that's the normal one. Each is right and it's okay in different parts of, of uh, or different moments. But if you see a baby, a newborn who, who is uh, laying on his back or her back, you can see how they breathe in. It's just moving their belly, just the belly. Okay, that's the kind of breathing that is associated with being calm and you are in a building phase. You are activating a part of the autonomic nervous system, which is the parasympathetic, which is related with digestion and building your body and, and not inflammation. It keeps you on a, like in a, you know, in a good state. Uh, so those two come together. When you are in a parasympathetic state, which is your calm, you're breathing that way. And also when you breathe in, when you are breathing using this, diaphragmatic mechanic, you are creating a parasympathetic shift into your system. So you are calming down. The the other one, 
uh, the three or the second one is a chest breather who is not using their diaphragm. They're just using their accessory muscles. And that's the kind of breathing that you use when you are scared or when you are under stress. So it goes both ways. If you are under stress, that's the kind of breathing you start using. You, you breathe in, you, 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 uh, you move your chest, you move your belly, and when you breathe out, you move your chest down and in. And also, when you are under stress, you create that breathing. Or when you are breathing that way because you have created that mechanic and your system uh, is using that as the norm, so your, your state becomes more to the sympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system, which is the opposite of the parasympathetic. Parasympathetic goes like this. You are calm, you're building, you're digesting, you're, you're accumulating, you are in a, you know, in a uh, very stable state. When your system shifts into sympathetic nervous system, then you are under stress and this branch activates to give you the resources that you need to, you know, to fight or flight, basically. And so the, the key point here is that when you, you, when you don't know this, and almost 85% of people are chest breathers, they are creating stress in every breath they take. And that's about 12 to 16 times every minute. Uh, so think about this. What if you practice diaphragmatic breathing in a way that it becomes the pattern that you use during the day? That means that you are activating a breathing pattern that activates the parasympathetic branch of the nerve, uh, autonomic nervous system, which calms you down 12 to 16 times every minute. You see how powerful this can be? And the, the third one is the clavicle breather, which is a, the one that when they breathe in, this happens, and when they breathe out, this happens, which is the most uh, distorted of the three. So you get distortion in all the uh, muscles of your uh, neck, and you can have back pain and many other things because you're using that kind of breathing. As, so as you're breathing, you're yeah. literally seeing your shoulders move up and then drop exactly. down. Exactly. Got it. Wow. The clavicle breather is, and that's, uh, that happens also when you are really, really, really scared. And, and that's like an emergency kind of breathing because your body tries to, to breathe, to give you the, the highest amount of oxygen that you can capture at that specific time. So, that's why I was saying there's not a, a good one or a bad one. You know, different uh, uh, patterns are for different parts or, or different states, but you shouldn't be breathing all the day with this one. If this is a stress kind of breathing, you should be using the diaphragm. Yeah. So that's the fifth one. And down we're, we're moving to the mouth, which is hydration and hydration in, it basically means that you need to have enough water. We were talking about how hot it is in the U.S. right now. You're breaking records on temperature. And especially if you live on a place which is hot and humid, you lose a lot of weight, uh, water and you need to have it on board. So we hit around three liters a day. And just just to, to be okay, if you are an exerciser and you you do exercises outdoors, which can be, you know, very challenging if it is in a place like you are right now in Salt Lake City or here in Costa Rica where it is very hot and humid, then you need to add maybe a, a liter more, like one liter of water more. So we're talking about three to four, sometimes five, depending on if you're practicing endurance sports. And why water? Why is it water? Why is water important? Or you can suffer from constipation if you don't have enough water in your body. Uh, the colon has one of the functions that the colon has is to get back some of the water that is going through digestion and bring it back to the inside of the body to assist in different 
uh, organs and systems. <clears throat> so what happens if you are chronically dehydrated? Your body, uh, your colon is trying to extract that water and pushes and pushes and pushes, and it brings the water out of the feces into the system, but the feces gets stuck. And many people suffer from constipation just because they are not eating, uh, excuse me, drinking enough water. Also, water has an electromagnetic component. And if you are low on water, you are low on, can, can you remember the, the, the batteries in the cars that they have a liquid and they have some electrolytes? Well, that exact same thing happens in our system. If you don't have water, if you don't have electrolytes, then you are low on energy and you don't have enough energy to do whatever you want to do. If you're a mom or you're a dad and you can and you want to play with your, your you know your son or your daughter, or you need to study or you want to create a new project, you don't have enough energy. And that's actually the first uh, the, the, the most common visit to the doctor is because people are fatigued. They're suffering from fatigue. So you know it can be due to dehydration and so yeah, water is really important where you're not, where you are chronically dehydrated, you can be suffering from bad digestion, constipation, you can be suffering from pain in your joints, you can be with uh, uh, the way you think is not quite there and many other things that uh, you can feel and, and, and it, it's, you know, they saw themselves just having some water and, you know, people, they think that drinking is hydrating, but not necessarily. So, for example, if you're drinking a Coca-Cola, which has caffeine in it, uh, the caffeine also creates a dehydrating effect and not necessarily the, the, the liquid that you're drinking is hydrating you. Sometimes it's dehydrating you. So, you know, you need to take that into account. Yeah. Uh, so that's the sixth one. Then we keep on nutrition, which is the mouth. And we are, as you said, big promoters of a keto, low carb, carnivore lifestyles. Just because we understand that the amount of carbohydrate most people are taking is driving disease in our society. And in the first episode, I talked about what happened to my mom and how we solved that. And I, that I have been in nutritional ketosis for 11 years and how my, you know, I feel I'm 47 and I feel really energetic and I feel like, uh, you know, we just had a, our 30th uh, anniversary of coming out of high school. So yeah, that was a test, you know, because I wanted to see if my lifestyle, the things I do, the, the, the things that I practice daily, are they effective? It's just, is that just my idea or, or uh, you know, am I dreaming that this is a good thing or can I compare it with some of my peers that are maybe not, you know, <laughs> experiencing a different reality and yeah you could see you could see the difference wow. in, in most of my peers I have to so, say, I was just, we, we, I was talking to one of our mutual friends who just had a birthday, Ben Azadi, just turned yeah. 38. Um, and we were, we were talking about exactly this. What is going on with everybody in low carbohydrate reverse aging, <laughs> looking mm -hmm. younger and younger and younger as they get older and older and older. It's absolutely amazing yeah. that you see pictures yeah. of like Mark Sisson. He's ripped at 69 years old. You see, you know, yeah. Ben, Ben Bickman and, and Brad Kearns and all these wonderful people doing low carbohydrate and they just look like they're getting younger and younger. It's like the curious case of Benjamin Button or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the fact that you lower inflammation, that's enough. And I, we help a lot of CrossFitters and people that do enduring sports. And, and, and I like to put it this way, because it's not just the, you know, 
your looks, which is okay, you know, uh, but what about your performance and what about the inflammation that you're creating when you do exercise? So uh, let's, let's say this, whenever you use a glucose as uh, energy molecule, you create a ROS, which is reactive oxygen species at a rate about 16% of the total energy that you use as glucose. 16% is like the, uh, the exhaust in your automobile, you know, the waste that goes out when you use energy or gas or, or diesel. 16% is reactive oxygen species, which is okay. And our systems and our bodies are created in a way that, yeah, they release some toxic uh, substances when they use energy, in this case, glucose. And we have in our system antioxidants that, you know, they lower the effect of the reactive oxygen species and everything goes right. But what, ha what happens when you have your gas on, full on every day? For example, when you're cross, uh, when, when people are doing CrossFit, which is a very, very, very demanding exercise or sport, if you want to see it that way. Whenever your body moves to using fat as the basic energy, then instead of creating 16% of the total energy that you use to create, uh, to move your body and do everything, uh, the 16% of waste, which is reactive oxygen species, you are only creating about 4%, 4% of reactive oxygen species. You know, same task, you use instead of using glucose, you use fat as the energy that you use, you use during the whole day and you create less and less and less reactive oxygen species. Reactive oxygen species are part of the substances, substances that accelerate aging. And if you create less of them and you have support of other things like grounding and vitamin D from sunlight and all these things that we have been talking about, then you start to lower your inflammation potential in the system. And that creates anti-aging effects. And also, there, there's also when you create or, or you have ketones on board, the NLP3 inflammasome, which is a, a system that uh, deals with inflammation, activates and you start to lower inflammation uh, epigenetically, which is almost magical. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a, I'm a preacher in, in a church and I'm talking about, yeah, ketosis. And, but, you know, the science is out there, how this helps in all the systems, almost in every degenerative condition that there is for humans. So yeah, carnivore, low carb, keto, or ketosis, we're big promoters of that. And also, which was funny to see, when, when we were doing the reverse um, program, I met Maria Emmerich, and she was talking about clean eating and clean eating and keto clean. And I didn't know that was there was an, a movement out there. The way or the reason why I... Uh, included keto and clean, the two words together, the clean eating, uh, was because I, I was trained for interventions with autism and deficit, attention deficit disorders. And one of the first things you do with this population is that you clean whatever they are doing or eating, excuse me. So you remove the colorants, the preservatives, you remove the uh, toxic chemicals and many other things that are part of the intervention. And just by doing that, you can see a change in their behavior. So I said, if this happens for this population, mostly I, I used to work mostly with kids, uh, you know, autism, attention deficit disorder. Well, they are just small kids, but we are big kids and we should be doing the exact same thing. So yeah, we make a combination, we call it neo-nutrition. So we 
we use nine different philosophies that we put, we put together. So anti-inflammatory, antifungal, uh, anti-aging, keto, it can be carnivore, it can be low carb, you know, the, the patient decides which way they want to go. Uh, it's gluten-free. It is also clean. It is also intuitive. We don't count calories. We don't measure things. We don't weight the protein, which is one thing that we are very uh, conscious about is the only thing that you need to measure if you want to measure is the amount of protein. Mm. The rest, you know, the, the, the amount of carbohydrates, if you're in nutritional ketosis, is very little. And the fat, you don't need to measure the fat. The only thing that you want to get from that is a satiety uh, sensation. And the more fat you have, the more satiety, the less one you have, then you might be hungry uh, sooner. So, you, you know, you move the amount of fat up and down, depending on, on how long you want to be eating or not. So my wife, for example, she, she, uh, she takes, she eats three eggs for her breakfast. If she eats the, the, the three eggs just by themselves with, uh, you know, scrambled eggs with butter and at that, that would be at around eight in the morning, she, she's fine for lunch, she can eat at lunch. But if she takes that same amount of eggs and she puts a half or a quarter of avocado, she's not gonna be hungry at lunch. And you know, that's the way you use the fat. You, you, you can use it depending on if you wanna extend the fast or not, you know. And, and we also use uh, mindful, which is a hierarchy of proteins that is anti-inflammatory in nature. We start with seafood, then we move to organs, then we move to fatty uh, meats, and then, excuse me, eggs, fatty meats, non-fatty meats, and and that's that's the hierarchy that we teach our, our patients. And yeah, nutrition is very powerful, but it's not the only thing uh, everything has to be taken in like in a synergy because that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so after nutrition, there comes exercise. I am a corrective exercise specialist and I was training corrective exercise. I don't do that anymore. Like designing exercise programs. I just give them the basics and, you know, refer them out to some trainer that can do and help them. Uh, I do teach them in our in our program about zone two exercise. Are you familiar with the zone two? Yeah, of course. But for the listener okay. um, who's not and maybe not as familiar with like heart rate training, what zone two is, I, I would love an explanation from you about that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, if we take a muscle, we can. You know, there's recent information that they may be as as much as six different fiber muscle types. But if we refer back to the science uh, and probably the one that you the one that you learn as well, we talked about three different muscle fibers. The 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 one that uses mostly fat, the one that is like an intermediate, and the the one that is explosive. Um, the, I don't, well, yeah, let's say the names. The one is the type A's. Uh, type A's is the one that is almost exclusively uh, fat oxidative fiber. It uses uh, the fat. So you have the fiber that, that feeds on, on fat. That's the type one. The type two A is like an intermediate and the type to B is like the explosive. So whenever you are doing an exercise and there are different formulas, you can um, figure out in like in three different ways. You can, when you are exercising, you can test the amount of lactic acid and there's a threshold. When you're under that threshold, that means that you are using type one fiber, which is the fat uh, burning fiber. The second test you can do is a uh, this kind of test where you are uh, connected to a mask 
and it measures how much oxygen you breathe in and how much CO2 you breathe out and gives you a, uh, a quotient. And then it can tell you, you from this point on, depending on the amount of uh, effort that you're doing, you're shifting from using fat to using other kinds of energy. That means that you're also using uh, other types of muscle fibers. And so zone two training and the third way you can do it is a general formula that goes like 180 minus your age. Yeah, perfect. And if you are using uh, taking a medication, you need to uh, subtract 10 bits per minute. If you are injured, you have to subtract 10 bits per minute. Or yeah, so in my case, I'm 147. My zone two training would be 180 minus 47. That gives you 133. I don't use any medication. I'm, I'm not injured. So 133 bits per minute. That's the way I should be on a bicycle or running, having my heart rate. And if I am at 133, basically I'm targeting the uh, type one fibers, which is the fat using fiber, but that's not the reason why we want to target that specifically in our program. The reason why we want to use that kind of fiber and focus on that kind of fiber at least three times um, a week for 45 minutes, at minimum 45 minutes, is because when you do, when you use use that type of fiber in this specific heart rate, you start to grow more mitochondria in size and they multiply. And having more mitochondria means having more metabolic health. And that's the reason why we promote independently of if you want to, you know, do uh, some weight training to gain muscle mass, we focus at least three times a week, at least for 45 minutes on metabolic health through zone two training. Yeah. So you have these three ways of figuring out if, uh, which is your zone two for you. That's amazing. So when, before we, before we started Boundless Body, we started Boundless Body during the pandemic because the gym that we were both working at closed down for a while. My, my career for over a decade was running those tests that you described, the second test, using a mask to determine metabolic rate and to show people where their heart rate zones were. We were validating that mm -hmm. on those metabolic carts. And my, my whole career was not only, you, you know, doing it for the people that I worked with here, but teaching other trainers in the company also how to do okay. the tests and how to interpret the results. And that's the whole reason I found low carbohydrate to begin with. I wasn't looking to find low carbohydrate diets. It's just that like my cycle performance was so much better when I took the carbs out, replaced them with fat, did more zone two right. training. You literally exactly what you described. You teach yourself to burn higher and higher and higher levels of fat. And then when we did that same test with people that were resting again, it was the people that went low carb or started doing fasting. Their baseline metabolisms just went higher and higher and higher. And I think right, that's a big right. part of it is that effect of more mitochondria. It's absolutely amazing. And you can absolutely teach yourself to burn more fat in the way that you described. So we highly recommend zone two training. And I do have to say when we were doing these tests, um, and validating this scientifically on those tests, um, we could determine exactly where some of these zones were, but it was really amazing. Two things. It was amazing how close it would be to that formula that you're describing, which is mm -hmm. math, M A F. So uh, maximum aerobic function. Uh, we'll tag this in the show notes, but if people want to learn more about that, they can listen to our episode with uh, Dr. Phil Maffetone who came up with that. Right. And he's, exactly. he's amazing. Yeah. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Those would line up really well. And we would also ask somebody on a scale of one to 10 for difficulty, where do you feel like you are at this part of the test? As we would ramp up, we'd ask them how they would be mm -hmm. feeling. And almost always, not only would, not only would their best fat burning line up with that heart rate very, very consistently, but also it would almost always be five out of 10. 
when you feel like mm-hmm. you're working out and the difficulty is about a five out of 10, that's maximum fat burn. And so when I see people at the gym and they're running, running, running and mouth breathing and sweating everywhere, and it's like, ah, you don't know what you're doing. If you're trying to lose <laughs> fat, you're working out too hard. You need to bring it down. So I'm so glad right. that you mentioned that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, there's a fourth way actually that you can figure out, but you need to be more conscious about it. And it is that when you're training on zone two, you can have perfectly have a comfort um, conversation when you are working out. Uh, And, and I mean, if you're biking, then you can be talking at the same time and you are not like, you know, having to stop to breathe and keep, uh, talking. So that's the fourth, but not as scientific as the ones that we talked about. But uh, yeah, so, uh, and also, since the more muscle mass you have, the more metabolic health, the more longevity, and the more resistance to disease you have, that's something that we really, really are promoting into our population. They need to work out at least three times. A, a week in in muscle building activities like weight training, or it can also be, uh, for example, doing some interval training, um, uh, body weight training, anything that promotes muscle growth is going to give you metabolic health. And so that's a big one. And for sure, we need people and more people doing exercise. And if they can do exercise, at least do some physical activity. And you know what? I was talking to the lady that helps us in our house clean too. She cleans every Friday. She comes here and cleans our house. And I heard this statistic talking about the men, the mindset. There was there was two groups of of people that dedicate their you know, their job was to clean houses. And they told the first group, this is the, the, you know, this are the activities you need to do. And they measured waist circumference and the weight and muscle mass. And they, they did everything like, you know, metabolic things they needed to, to measure, to know how they were. And the second group, they told exactly the same thing. You need to go out and do this job and and these chores. But did you know that people like you are doing 1.5, the Surgeon General recommendation for physical activity, 1.5. You're not just doing what the, the recommendation of exercise is for every day you are doing 1.5 just by the uh, physical activity that you do when you do all this job in cleaning houses. And they lost a lot of weight and they improved muscle mass just by the mental, uh, you know, the mindset that they were exercising while they were working instead of the other group that they were just working in. That's amazing. never knew about this. Yeah. I've never heard about that. That's amazing. That placebo effect was that strong. Exactly. Is, is that strong? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I read that on life force, by Tony Robbins, he just released that about four months ago. Cool. February, I think. Yeah. It's incredible. The mind, the, 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 the mind is, it's amazing. So yeah. Uh, the, th- the, next, the next one is stress management. So uh, let me tell you a story. We had a patient. She was following everything to the letter. She said, I'm doing everything. Um, and she was using this uh, continuous glucose monitor. And she said, you know what? I, I have high glucose measures during the morning, and I don't know why. I'm following a strict ketogenic lifestyle. Uh, and then I said, okay, can you send me the numbers tomorrow and the next day? And sure enough, she was doing exactly as she was told to do. But I noticed that at 10 a.m. on the second day, she had a spike and she went from 85 to 160 milligrams per deciliter. And I told her, what happened between 9 and 10 a.m. during, uh, you know, last uh, Tuesday, let's say it was, <clears throat> and, she, and she said, well, 
I had breakfast. I had chorizo with the, which is like a sausage with eggs that shouldn't elevate my glucose. And I was after that, it was 7 a.m. I didn't eat anything until lunch. And yeah, she had this. So what happened? She was, she's taking care of an uh, older adult. That is not her responsibility, but one way or another, she ended up with that responsibility and she had a doctor's appointment with this adult. They went to the office and their appointment was canceled at the time that they were supposed to have the, the doctor's appointment. It was really difficult to take this old adult to the office and, you know, the deception she had when. And she received the news and she said, Donald, you don't know. I, I, I was like a, a mad woman. I started yelling at the doctor that how insensitive from, from them to cancel our appointment. And, and then she got back to the house and she sent me a report. Yeah, 160. Why 160? Well, she wasn't any, eating anything. Uh, she was fasted since 6 or 7 a.m. And it was because of this deception and how angry she got at that moment that her blood glucose spiked. So that's what happens in, in, in our system. Every time you are under stress, you get real instant release of glucose from a nerve that connects our brain with our liver. You release glucose immediately. And in a second phase, from some hormones that are released in our head and go to our adrenal glands, they release some other hormones that make sure that you keep pumping glucose to your system. How they do that? They start to catabolize your muscles so the amino acids are turned into more glucose. Why the body does that? You are supposedly fighting for your life and you need to have enough glucose as the energy source for your muscles to fight or flight. And the system makes sure that you have them. But what happens in this case, let's use this lady as the example. She went to the doctor's appointment and nothing happened. She got angry. She got all this release of glucose, instant release of glucose to uh, the blood which is not used because she is not fighting us right. against anyone. Important. And immediately the, the system senses that the glucose went up and is staying high. So it pumps insulin to lower the glucose and put it in the right frame, which is 100 to 70 milligrams per deciliter. And where is that glucose going? It is being sent to the fat, cells because it is turned into fat. And that's how you start losing muscle mass and turn it into fat. That's why stress is a killer, a silent killer, because it moves you into uh, fat accumulation. And when you specifically through cortisol start to get fat accumulation around the, your belly, that fat accumulation is, uh, is very, very inflammatory. and so what I tell people is if you are following everything to the letter and it's not working, it's not the keto lifestyle that you are having. It's the stress that you are not being able to manage, which is not allowing this you know, weight loss effect or whatever you want to achieve to happen. It's because of the stress. So we teach people like 10 different techniques that they, they can use to lower the stress. I'll tell you a couple of them. Uh, hugging is a big one. Yeah. Another one is, yeah, uh, being grateful, but not just grateful. Have you ever heard of Huberman po uh, podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. He, he told about a study that was done in a university that if you remember a scene, it can be from a movie, or it can be real where you participated or not, where something was done for somebody else, you know, somebody helped in a big way, somebody else, and you place yourself and you remember that and you feel it as if you were there, 
and you feel the feelings that the recipient of the action was feeling at that moment. And if you do that three times a week for three minutes, you have a huge effect on happiness, on stress lowering and many other things. So, you know, being grateful, uh, remembering some uh, scene where something like this happened, uh, forgetting also is very powerful. So there are many, uh, we talked about uh, diaphragmatic breathing, you know, taking a posture in the day and for a couple of minutes, you focus on diaphragmatic breathing. That's very powerful. And, you know, yeah, stress can be managed. And the last one is uh, thermal therapy, which is exposure to cold, um, cold baths or cold tops, which is uh, more powerful. So basically what I do is I have a, a freezer. I have a bathtub in, in my garden. I fill it with rain water so I can save water. I use the rain water, put it in the, in the, in the bathtub. And I, on the freezer, have some plastic containers with water. It takes three days to become ice. I have 24 of them, eight every day. I use eight. I put them out there. It's like 85 pounds of ice. And the next one, the next day I do the same. And the next day I do the same. I put myself in the bathtub and stay there for 30 minutes. What happens there? That's magic. Uh, Epigenetically, you are telling your system that it is winter. And what happens during winter? The system starts to shift the metabolism and uses fat to spontaneously create heat. So basically what you're doing is that you are activating your fat loss system and it is around 10 times more powerful to lose uh, fat weight from your body or in your body than just with nutrition. That's how powerful it is. And you do it daily. So it has some effects also. It is anti-inflammatory. So if you do some cycling and you need to recover, for example, we have here with something that is supposedly is the most, uh, the most difficult mountain bike race of the world. It is called La Ruta de los Conquistadores, the oh, Conqueror's that, yeah. Route. Wow. Okay, yeah. So it's three days is a really, really hard uh, race. And uh, I have, as one of our clients, uh, one of the, of the winners of the La Ruta de los Conquistadores, what he did was that he would carry a huge barrel, plastic barrel, and after he finished every day, three days, he would uh, fill it with water and ice and he would stay there for uh, 45 minutes to lower inflammation and accelerate uh, recovery. And if you want to do that for muscle building, you should wait at least four hours after you do the workout session because you want to use your inflammatory effect from the weight training and you don't want to stop it with the ice water. You want to you want to use that effect, and after four hours, it basically it has done whatever it has to do with the metabolism. And then you can take the, the ice bath, and you you help your body to recover. And, and you know, but the, in terms of the losing fat, is very powerful. So yeah, those are the ten biological kills of health that we use in our wow. system. That's amazing. Yeah, the the ice bath thing after cycling, that was one of my favorite ways to chill out after a really hard race was to just go sit in a river in the mountains and have that flowing cold water. And it's a little miserable for a few minutes, but after that, you, when you get out, yeah. if you spend enough time in there, you just, you absolutely feel amazing. It, it, it is incredible. Oh, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So all, all of these things, it just really occurs to me 
as you're as you're doing such a great job explaining all of these things, I think about like being in a ketogenic state versus eating a lot of carbohydrates and what happens, what the difference is between the two. Or, you know, the thing about stress, like 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 we we have this backup emergency system, both of these, like eating a lot of carbohydrates activates an emergency system that isn't supposed to run that causes your liver to do a lot of work and switches too many carbohydrates into fat that then gets stored. That is not yeah. supposed to run. That is an emergency system only when you find carbohydrates, which should be exceedingly rare. Same with stress. Right. Like this, you have this wonderful, magical system designed to help you run away from a tiger when you see one. That is an emergency. Most of the evidence we have says that like indigenous tribes don't have heaps and heaps of stress. They're not always running around from tigers. It's occasional. It shouldn't happen all the right. time. And so That's you have right. that acute stress, that emergency system kicks in to help out. And then you go back to your normal state, which is more chill, right. more relaxed, more ketogenic. And it, it just, to me, it's, it's just a marvel to see what we've done to our normal lifestyles. We've gotten so so busy and we work so many hours and we eat so poorly we are running emergency systems that are not designed to run 24 7 all day right. every day for decades no wonder mm -hmm. we're not very healthy no wonder we're getting fatter and sicker and we have more chronic disease it's it's these emergency systems that our bodies are not adapted to use more than a very rare amount of times yeah, that's right. That's inflammation after inflammation after inflammation. You know, a little bit of inflammation is great. It helps your body to recover. But inflammation sustained all the time is very, very dangerous. And it, it starts to destroy the system. And one thing I forgot, but I think it's worth mentioning. You know, I use this, right? The continuous glucose monitor. And it says it's going to... Go in 24 hours. This is this is my measure today, <laughs> right? This time, 94. This is my line. You see that thing in 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 light blue is 70 to 100 milligrams per deciliter. So you see a flat line. It's very boring. That, I was just <laughs> thinking. Yeah. <laughs> for the for the listener, the display um, showed basically blood sugar over a time curve, which is really cool because like if you're if you're doing a normal glucose test, you you yeah. you know take a little bit of blood usually from your finger, but that's a snapshot. You don't know right. exactly how that's been changing during the day. That's like taking a picture. Exactly. It's like taking a picture of the freeway, but you don't know whether it's three in the morning or three in the afternoon. It doesn't really tell you anything. Exactly. The continuous right. blood glucose monitor shows you that curve. And yeah, that that's a really boring curve, dude. You don't have a lot going <laughs> yeah. on, which, yeah. which means but, steady energy, level, steady exactly. energy is wonderful. Exactly. It's amazing. Right. Exactly. So what I was going to say is that there are two of the 10 biological keys of health that have very powerful effects on lowering blood glucose. And you can see it right away because I use this every day since uh, 2019. Um, cold thermogenesis, the one we were talking about, 30 minutes of that, it can take you from 94 that I was right now to 62. That's my normal. In 30 minutes, it takes wow. you, it, it, it removes the, the, the glucose from the blood you know, it's very complicated to explain, but basically the same thing happens when you do zone two exercises. Yeah. When you start pumping a muscle, there are two ways that you can get the glucose into the muscle, uh, the muscle cell. It is through a transporter. It's, it's called GLUT4 transport. So the insulin goes into the muscle, activates the GLUT transporter, and GLUT4 transporter, it's like a, a, a straw that sucks the glucose from the blood into the muscle cell. When you do mechanical movement of the muscle mass, meaning exercise, you activate the exact same transporter independent of insulin. Wow. So that's why you get this effect of lowering blood glucose when you are doing zone two. and it is as if you were doing zone two when you do the 
the thermogenesis exercise of 30 minutes wow. in water. It's incredible. That's but amazing. Those two are very effective for lowering blood glucose. Thank you for mentioning that. You're going to love this. This uh, One of my clients just yesterday, he was mm-hmm. um, he's a former, I, I'll call him a former type 2 diabetic. He, he used to take insulin. Mm-hmm. He got off of insulin. We've had some blood sugar struggles since he got COVID last year. And I wonder if, if the, the COVID kind of attacked his pancreas a little bit. But his blood sugar mm-hmm. has been drifting up high. And he has need to take, you know, a few selective doses of insulin. Insulin. Well, he we were we were kind of coaching him around a trip to Disneyland that he was going to go to because you're in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. There's not very many good food options. There's lots of crazy right. crap that he could eat. He got back from the trip, lost two pounds, and his blood sugar is way closer to normal now, consistently close mm-hmm. to normal. And I, the only difference that we can see is he wasn't perfect on his diet. He tried the best he could and did some fasting, which is great. But he walked, he walked like up 10 to 12 miles a day. And I think that's the difference. I think that's the thing right. that dropped out his his um you know his blood sugar. I I would have thought that would have been more related to the diet, but I think you're right. I think it is more of that zone two training, yeah. walking all the time. Yeah, yeah, and also the stress relief that he got from that trip. I I believe if he was with his family and yeah, having fun. He was he was with yeah. he was with grandkids who are very heavily carb addicted, so they had a, a few <laughs> issues. But um yeah, for the most part. For the most part, that, that um, yeah, I wonder if that was the walking that made such a big difference. That's wonderful. Yeah, so I, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, so interesting. Okay, so we have now covered all 10 of the biological keys. I asked you this last time, um, and I'm going to ask you again to really reiterate this. For somebody that's listening to this, I may think... 10 things. I, I, I can't even handle my life now. Now I have all of these 10 things. What would you recommend for somebody to get started on some of these things? Um, where, where would you want somebody to, to jump in? Is that you individual different for everybody? Or do you have a certain place that you recommend or how would somebody know where they should get started? Okay. You know, there are different personalities. Somebody can go cold Turkey and, and, you know, do everything at the same time. It really depends on how they are. But if uh, we go to most people and how they react, you should start with one, just focus on one and, you know, get an expert in that one. And after you have created a habit, move to a second one and then a third one. You know, I talked about 10 and I practiced them all of them every day, the 10, but it took me some time to get there. So you shouldn't rush yourself and say, you know, if I don't do this in a month, then this is not going to be worth. Every little step you take is going to get you closer to your goal and creating the habit one biological uh, key of health at a time is going to get you very, very far. Now, where to begin? Why don't you challenge yourself? And the one that you heard today or on the first episode, that is the one that is taking you away from your comfort zone, I think that's the one that you should try first. Let's say, for example, what? You know, spending 30 minutes in ice water? I couldn't do that. Okay, if you say you can't do that, you can't, you really can't. But why why shouldn't you think about saying, I can't do that. I could do that. And you know, the possibilities start to open up and the ways to do it start to show. Um, So yeah, challenge yourself with the first one. And when you do the first one, which is really a challenging one, then the second one is going to be really easy. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I recommend. I love that. I think that's a wonderful piece of advice. I think back to all of the healthy habits that I've created in my life. And one thing that I think of is if I, if I didn't know any better, it would look like a lot of work. Like, like, you know, I park at the very furthest parking spot I can find whenever I go to a store, but it's because I enjoy walking. I enjoy getting more steps. I don't have to fight for a parking spot close to the building. I'm outside. I get fresh air. I started that 
I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years ago because I was trying to get steps on a step counter and I forgot to stop because I find it really enjoyable. Same with a push-up challenge. A, a friend of mine on Instagram started a 100 a day push-up challenge, 30 days of doing hundred push-ups. That was 60 days ago and I haven't stopped because I find it really enjoyable. And that's the thing. All yeah. of these habits for the listener, like this is for your benefit. You're going to want to do these things. They seem like a lot of work, but they're actually not. They give you energy to play with your kids and enjoy your life and you get food that's absolutely delicious and it's all for your benefit it's not as much of a chore or a challenge when you're getting so much more life out of it i think that's so important when when this seems like wow i can't do all these things it's just so much work it's like no this is gonna help you yeah if you allow me i'll give you a couple a couple of comments to finish uh we have Two brothers, the Zumbado brothers, they are doctors, MDs. And, you know, it took a while for them to convince themselves that they could do keto lifestyle because they run Ironman. <laughs> so it was quite a challenge for them. But they did, the last one they did before the pandemic, it was before the pandemic, it was Barcelona 2019. I think it was November. They did their race, fasted, didn't eat anything, just water and salty water. And they lowered, Mauricio, I believe, lowered one hour and a half his better time. So, so it was his new record. And Rodrigo lowered one hour his best time. So, and, you know, they sent me a testimonial and they said, Basically, this thank you for introducing us to endless energy. Yeah. So what happens when you have energy? You can do whatever you want and you can live your life. So that's uh, very powerful. And the second one, let me give you a brief uh, routine of how my day goes. And you can see it's not that difficult. So you can do it yourself as well. I wake up at 5 a.m. I do... 15 minutes of visualization and um, diaphragmatic breathing at the same time. I wake up, I have a couple of glasses of water, one with salt, one with creatine. Then I go to the gym at six. I spend an hour in the gym. And when I get back, I have breakfast. That's around uh, 7.15. Uh, so uh, after that, I do when I when I'm having my breakfast. I put some. Uh, it's called. It's a, something with laughs. It's a Canadian uh, candid camera show. So I, when I am eating, I'm laughing at the same time, and I do this every day. That's one of the stress lowering techniques that I we teach our, our patients just for laughs is the, the name of the program, and then I I do some reading. And at 11, I do the thermogenesis. That's 30 minutes in ice water. Then I have lunch. I keep drinking water during all, during all of that same time. And then uh, I focus myself on doing things like this, or I read a book, or I talk to the team. And then I go to bed at 9.30. So at 10, I'm already sleeping. Yeah. There you go. That's amazing. Those are the 10. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I'm so glad you shared that example. And again, this might be a transition, you know, for the listener, it might take some time, but again, it, it is well worth taking. Just the thing you said about energy alone, when we chose boundless body as the name of our company, we were very mindful to use the word boundless because that's how we feel in our lives to have days yeah. totally fasted. I can walk 10 miles. I can go ride my bike for 50 miles. I can go lift weights. I, there's no limit to that energy. It's so wonderful. And it just absolutely pays you back. So I'm so grateful for that example. I'm so grateful that you gave us your example of a normal day. I think that's fantastic. And I think a lot of people can take some benefit out of trying to get more of these in their life. We can always find something right. to work on. And uh, I, I think you've done a wonderful job outlining the ways that we can do that. Dr. Donald Vega, where can people go to find you and connect with you in your work? Well, I just finished my first book. It's called uh, The Science of Losing Weight. It's not in English yet. I just finished it in Spanish. And it's going to be in English soon, so I'll let you know. 
and also Kilosophy, that's spelled K-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y underscore nutrición instead of a T is a C. Uh, you can find it. Uh, you can find us on TikTok, which I don't really like. Uh, Instagram <laughs> and also Facebook. Uh, our content in, is in Spanish, though. So if you want to learn another language, here we are. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I was just thinking. I was just thinking. If you don't translate that book into English, I'm going to start studying Spanish. I've got Portuguese. I'm fluent in Portuguese, so that will help. But I'll, I will learn Spanish yeah. if I have to to read your book. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you. Thank that's you amazing. Much. Dr. Donald Vega, thank you so very much. This is now two hours of time that we've taken to really go over these things in depth. And I think this is time really well spent. And like I said, I, I think this will help a lot of thank people. You. And you have such a kind and caring way of sharing these things. And so thank you so very much for all of your learning and discovery. And thank you for sharing everything with us today. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. One person at a time, we're changing this society. Absolutely. Thank you for, for the time. That's amazing. It was our pleasure. And this has been another episode of Balanced Body Radio. As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It has been such a joy to go on this journey now that it's been two years of doing these episodes and all the amazing conversations that we've had with thought leaders and to be able to share this message around the world with literally hundreds of thousands of people has been so amazing. If you haven't already, please go over to Apple, leave us a rating and review as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and touch more lives of people out there. I am so excited to announce that we are launching the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. This is something that I have been working really hard at for a very long time and something I am very proud of. Now that we have done over 300 episodes, our content can be a little bit overwhelming if you really want to learn about one particular topic and really zero in on that topic. So that is exactly what I have done. I have gone through all of our episodes, taken the very best clips all about one particular topic and put them into long form very informative and concise episodes called the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. That can be found on our brand new Patreon page, which I'm really excited to announce as we have all kinds of different offers there and different tiers. We're including early releases of our show, Boundless Body Radio. We typically keep about 15 to 20 episodes scheduled at any given time. So we have options there where you can have early access to those. We are also offering group and one-on-one coaching and also access to these premium podcast episodes, the Balanced Body Radio Premium Podcast. We have three that are launching right now, and I will be making a new one every other week. And we believe that we are providing these for a very, very high value. So please check us out on Patreon, check the link in the notes to be able to get there. And thank you as always for listening to Boundless Body Radio.